Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. I am your co-host, Till. Still hanging out in the void. Still. That's your new name. Our DBD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream ah! into that boy. Oh, sorry. Premature. It I preed, preed on that one. About various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. <laughs> Recently, meant to bring this up last week in the yeah, episode. Yeah, what happened? Saw Becky at the drive-in. The movie. Oh, oh, oh I'm like... Uh, wait, You're like, I'm who so is Becky? No, I'm like, your dog? The dog? No. The movie, the movie <laughs> Becky. I thought you were seeing ghosts and I was scared shitless for a second. That's true. I used my childhood dog. Her name was Becky. Okay, no. yes. We, Don't worry. We, that, I, that was, I was at the same you theater. You were at I saw, the drive-in. I saw you pull in. Oh, my God. How about that moon coming out near the end of the movie behind the screen? Did you see it's that? Beautiful. The red moon is gorgeous. Just like peeking out. What did you yeah. think of the movie Becky? You know, um, I honestly... It wasn't the best movie in the world. It wasn't the best movie. I thought that it was good, though. And it I, was very I, violent. It was very violent. I have no problem with that. I, I love violent movies. Um, but I think, God, you know, I feel like my my the toughest part about it was getting past Kevin James. Like I, I thought wanted, he did great. I thought he did great, but I, I just every time he started talking, I'm like. Paul Blart? So I was talking with my wife about this after the fact. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but for everybody who's listening, the the plot is basically Kevin James is a neo-Nazi escape from prison. They attack some people in a house who there's a a key for supposedly some treasure. This all in the trailer, so. Yes. Um, I I was telling my wife this. I don't think he did a great job as a neo-Nazi, but he did a good job as a bad guy. Yeah, I could agree with that. Where you're like, okay, that's not the you know, I've seen American History X, I've seen better Nazis than oh this. Oh my god. Um Ugh. but he did for me, I was really actually sold on him as a bad guy and not Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, yes, I yes, I'd agree. He did he did a fine job. Uh Joel McHale did actually, I think, a good job. I think Joel McHale had some good screen time. Um, um Becky and, but, was great. Be- Becky was eh. Uh, yeah, kid actors eh. But but that big guy did a brilliant job. Big guy. Who the fuck is that big guy? He was huge. He was like, like the mountain. He was yeah, huge. No, I've seen him in a bunch of movies. He, he's, he has a familiar face, but he does have a familiar name. And I actually think he's Russian. So him playing a neo-Nazi is a bit weird. But nonetheless, uh, I thought that his lines were delivered very well. I thought his emotion was on point. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Becky, uh, out of 10, I'd say like 6.8. I I'd agree. I was going to say six to seven, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was it, it was really carried by a child being violent. I think good good time good time to see once won't see it again. Yeah, so we went to the drive-in theater because uh-huh. because right now right we're still we're we're all still in the void and yep. twenty twenty void and things are dark and it was nice to go to the to the movies. I actually my one issue is that some asshole was smoking a cigar, so I had to roll my windows up. Really? Yeah. Did you did you get to park or is your car short enough? You parked in the front or do they make you park in the white spots? Uh, I don't know. I just parked somewhere in the middle. They don't oh, say they, anything to me. They should have told you white or yellow. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I, I well, I saw the guys like trying to point people and I just ignored them and went to where I wanted to go. And no one said yeah, you're so you're a dick. Uh, yeah. So 
yeah, I think people are the worst part of the drive-in because you can either hear them talking or they like flip their headlights on for some reason. Well, that's always because somebody has to start their car because their battery's dying. Get a fucking better battery, people. Uh, but uh, uh, no. Uh, did you stay for the second movie? No, I'm not going to stay for Love Island. Are you kidding me? Fantasy 11- Island. Fantasy Island. 11:30 at night. Come and on. it ha- it actually started somewhat interestingly, but it ended so badly. Oh no. Oh my god, it was terrible. It was, Our drive-in it, movie theater, like I think a lot, is double feature. Yeah, you know, nine thirty, eleven thirty. It was Becky and Fantasy Island, yeah. and uh, which is two a great out of ten. Combo. Two out of ten. Two, two out of ten. Wow. It was wow, bad. Wow, wow, wow. It was real it was bad. It's a funny, funny coincidence that I I got tickets and like the next day, like, oh, I'm going to see the movies. I'm like, no shit, we're going to the fucking same movie. I actually saw another person I know that was there that night. Really? Yeah. It was sold out. It was. That's crazy. All right, so that's five minutes on the drive-in. Uh, go to the drive-in. It's fun, people. Uh, if you Ooh, have they're one doing, you. they're doing Jaws and Jurassic Park in a couple weeks. I'm gonna do you that. You know, uh, my wife told me that. Yeah, and uh, I, it's fun. I, I, if I could bring my dog, I might go back. Um, we'll see if I go back again. You can't, you, you can't. Your... Can you? It's, it's, in, it's in the rules. You can't do it. Oh, okay. I say I don't, don't think there's anywhere to walk them. So they don't want you to take your dog out of your car and just shit in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're we're trying to keep it on a, a lighter note this yep. week. I think overall. Um, so we're going to start with just a fun... I'm going to throw some things out there. You're going to tell me what you think about them. Go get them. We, we hate on homebrew a lot in this um, in this show. Uh, not not unjustifiably so, I don't think. No, because a lot of homebrew items are typically made, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you were guilty of this at some point. You make something that sounds cool, but the problem is that it's not balanced. Correct. Like, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to throw say, out. I've done that before. Good. Some I've made some totally unbalanced stuff. I'm just going to throw out some things that I've made, uh, and we'll and we'll talk about them whether they're balanced or not, whether they're fun. Uh, a lot of things that I make, specifically magic items, right? Um, I've made a, a paladin subclass, but I want to talk about it because it's still kind of relevant to the story. Um, but not but my, for long. My fucking D and D Beyond is just straight up going to fucking shit the bed right now. Oh my god. Okay, there it goes. So I'm just going to throw out some stuff, and you can tell me what you think now. I am in the process of making all the rings from Dark Souls mm-hmm. in D and D, which mm-hmm. is very fun. So I might talk about a few of those. Um, but the I think one you that should I w- stop giving them to people that don't use them. Go ahead. I haven't. I've only done the one, which is like not even um, good. So I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about one that I haven't made yet, but we have discussed. Yes, go ahead. And, uh, and that is magical charm bracelets. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I haven't made that was a great idea. I actually haven't made this item yet, but this is this is a freebie for people out there. Essentially, thinking about like um a spell scroll where you unroll it, you read it, you cast a spell, you use it. What about essentially a wrist bracelet that has you know one to five charms on it that you can pull it off and cast a low-level spell without components or whatever, as required for that spell. So did like we talked about we, this on the show before. We didn't did talk, we talk about it on the show. We okay. talked. We we had an extensive text chat about it. Yeah. Um. Because my first initial thought was, oh, this would be sick to have counterspell as yeah. charms on this bracelet. Um. Or or really any low level spell. Dispel magic. Dispel magic. Shield. Um, shield of faith. Shield. Exactly. All those sorts of things. So what were some? What were? Hold on. I'm trying to find that chat that we had. What were some thoughts you had about this? Um. Oh god, I don't remember all of them, but I said that it had to be low level spells. I, I think I said like third level max or something like that. Um 
had to be one action or reaction or bonus action casting. I'm like no minute long casting times. And I feel like I limited the material components. Uh, I think I might have said no material components yes. could be used. Yeah. So, okay. I found our, our chat. It initially okay. started where I said a counter charm bracelet where it just has counter spells on it. But then we discovered, why don't we use small spells for this as well? So mm-hmm. literally any spell that doesn't have a um, material component and yep. are like third level or lower, right? Yeah, that way you can't throw like Revivify in there. Exactly. So I eventually started throwing ideas at you. So like, um, like an Explorer's Charm bracelet where it has Dark Vision, mm-hmm. Create Food and Water, and Long Strider on yep. it. Like the themed magical charm bracelet. I loved it. Love that it's idea. Super, super fun, right? Um, another one I threw out was, what was the other one I threw out? Uh, where'd it go? I thought I had another one of these. Coward's Charm bracelet. Misty Step, Mage Armor, Featherfall. Mm-hmm. Right, like I'm trying to survive and escape, or something, or, yeah. or shield instead of mage armor is what you suggested for that. Um, I think it could be really cool, a consumable spell thing that's like a spell scroll because spell scrolls, they're useful, but it's um, they always feel like underwhelming treasure to get. That I feel like it's very limited on who can use them. Very limited, and and by making the spell selection on these more limited, you open up who can use it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Anyone should be able to use it. If you're a if you're a warlock who only gets two spells a day plus some <laughs> cantrip, tell me about and, it. And you suddenly have a bracelet like ha ha I can I got a couple more. That feels good, man. Mm-hmm. That feels great. Or if you're a if you're a um a, a rogue, and somebody's like, hey, you get this charm bracelet. It's got two charms on it. One is invisibility, and one is blur or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That could be awesome. You're like, oh yeah. man, I'm gonna save this for just the right moment. Pop that charm off of there. And really fuck a motherfucker up. Or like you can do an infiltration one that's got like spider climbing, invisibility, and disguise self. Exactly, right? So I, I I haven't made this item yet, but I'm throwing it out there to people. That's a freebie for me to you. Most of the magic items I make are just fun. So one that I've one that I gave you guys that you'd never used mm-hmm. in the previous campaign yeah. was called a cot of rest. Do you remember that? I don't item? remember getting that. Exactly. Um, come on, D and D Beyond! Holy shit, my D and D Beyond! Which shit. campaign did we get this in? The um, elves. The just before you were elves. Oh, when huh. Natalia joined the campaign, it was like literally that at that session. So can I fucking do this? All right, so Cotta Rest. Natalia. Nat- what was what was Taben's rogue's name? Oh, Talia. Talia. Tal- Talia. Tal- yeah. What I found is a great place of fun and inspiration are common magic items. Mm-hmm. They they don't really do a lot. They yeah. do a little bit, and they're like, you know, super easy to come across. So a cot of rest, wondrous item, common, medium sized wooden cot is built with hinges so it can collapse down to the size of a wooden shield. It's fitted with flexible wool and leather sleep surface, suitable for heavy use. If as part of a long rest. A character sleeps on the cot. He or she gains 2d4 plus 2 temporary hit points. That's cool. Not a huge effect, right? It's like a preemptive potion that one person can use if they were already going to take the time to long rest. Yeah. I think magic items like that that are tiny, that you have no risk of making overpowered, are actually a great place for people to sort of explore what they want to make. So another one that one of our players has right now Another common magic item, dashing boots. Yes. Handsome, yep. but no. These handsome leather boots 
have stout woolen laces and thick soles, perfect for a stroll. When you take the dash action while wearing these boots, you may move up to an additional 10 feet using any movement you have speed for. Yeah, they've gotten used twice so far. So basically, if you're using the dash action, meaning you're already running, right? Because yeah. I've, I've run and I'm going to use the dash, I can run farther. Yeah. I don't inc- it doesn't increase my speed. It doesn't make me kind of more deadly in combat because I can't use the dash action and attack unless I'm a rogue, right? Or charger. Or charger. Charger. Feet. Um, yeah. so it's, like, it's very finite in the realm that it's good for combat. Mm-hmm. This is just a fun kind of thing to help you keep up. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. It's not super deadly. Um, I had one other. Is this my common one or is this uncommon? One of the ones that was really funny for me. Oh, no. I made this one very rare, but it was fun. So this is, this is, this is one that could be overpowered. You tell me what you think. It's called a joy buzzer. Mm-hmm. You know what a joy buzzer is? I am familiar. For those of you who don't know, it's like the metal thing you put in your hands that zaps people when you handshake them. This pair of supple leather gloves are dyed black and have a thin metal disc sewn into the palms. Mm-hmm. The wearer can cast Shocking Grasp, gaining a plus one bonus on the attack roll. The damage dealt is treated as the spell, increasing with the wearer's level. Once you use this ability, you can't use it again until you complete a short or long rest. Okay, seems fun. Right? Small effect. Yeah. Not crazy. Uh-huh. I think that this is that is the area that people doing homebrew should really start really start doing more exploration. Why are you starting your players with crazy big items? Why don't you give them little fun unique things? Because mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, the magic item selection in this game, not as great as it once was. No, very limited. It's very limited. And they, they are expanding it slowly, slowly, slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not nearly enough stuff. And I don't want crazy powerful things. I just want fun things. I will say this that the second, you know, you give the heavily armored person in the party plus one plate mail, suddenly the magic item dynamic takes a shift. Yes. So as soon as you, if you give them that at fifth, sixth level, suddenly everything that you do with magic items is up to notch. Yes. You've so I agree really... that starting small with the stuff you just talked about is a great idea. Right. It's different. You know, plus one weapons, totally fine. Totally doable. Totally manageable potions excellent because they're consumable same thing with spell scrolls Mm -hmm. um but really big magic items you really want to save those for those important moments so i've like i said i've been in the process of making the rings from dark souls in D. some of them translate pretty well others do not Mm -hmm. and i've sent a few of them to you but i want to get your on-air opinion of a couple of them go get them so in dark souls there is a ring called the Red Tearstone Ring. People who play the game will be familiar with this. Essentially, if you're very, 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 very hurt, mm-hmm. your damage is increased by a lot. Okay. So this powerful ring is set with a large, pale red gemstone. The ring's magic has the ability to sense imminent death, boosting the wearer's attack when they are endangered. I've, I've made this so it says, if you have been injured and your remaining hit points are less than or equal to twice your character level, you gain a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls. For example, okay. if a third level character has six or fewer hit points remaining, they gain this bonus. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I don't think it's overpowered. That's fine. Um, yeah, I figure at most at level 20, you're at 40 hit points. You get plus three. You know, that's not breaking a game. No, uh, not level 20, not breaking the game at all. In fact, I'd even say that uh, you might want to make it three times just because, you know, a if, if a level... 10 characters let's say has this and there are 20 hit points that's one attack from something really 
Right. You know, so, so they're dead next hit. A level 10 character, a melee combatant, has more than one attack. Yeah. So that bone at plus three bonus starts yeah, going so, along. So way. it's yeah, plus six. Yeah. It's, it's so you get plus six uh you know to damage if you hit both times i think this um, is most valuable at when when fighters and paladins start getting their their first extra attack yeah right um or i think you know yeah uh yeah I, I honestly wouldn't mind if you made it three times level but two times is definitely not overpowered at all it, yeah three times i i is probably is a possibility but it's it's supposed to be this thing where oh i'm in danger Mm-hmm. But I can now be by paid the price for being in danger, and I am more deadly because of it. Yeah, I think um, I, I I almost would like it to be a class specific item. Interesting. Um, just because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want like I I don't see the point of like uh, a a non martial class getting it. Like like obviously, yeah, sorcerers, warlocks, they all have attack rolls. But just because they're hurt, they're going to get more arcane power. That doesn't make sense to me. But like a fighter hanging on and trying to deal that last ounce of damage, you know, it's surging well, it all says, the adrenaline it possible. Weapon attacks and damage rolls is what I made it. So you wouldn't gain you you wouldn't gain it on spells, unless you're like unless you're a wizard and you're dying and you're out of spells, but you've got some throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd also feel feel a bit weird about like a rogue having it adding to sneak attack damage. Like I feel like desperation attacks shouldn't get that kind of damage. Interesting. Even though it's only the one, it doesn't apply to all the dice. It's just the one. It's just one plus. I I know it's, it just feels weird. So I'd want it to be like attunable by a you know barbarian, fighter, barbarian or a fighter paladin. paladin ra- yeah, exactly. Monk. monk. Monk could be fine. Imagine a monk just yeah. Yeah, flurry your, of your blows. Fist, your fists become more powerful. <gasps> so I really think that some of these rings are translate very, 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 very easily, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna talk about one that I'm having a hard time with still. Yeah. Um, and I was I was also messaging or talking with our one other player who's big into Dark Souls about this ring. Um, it's called a Chlorinthy ring, like the yeah, plant. I'm familiar. And in the game of Dark Souls, it allows your stamina to regenerate faster. Mm-hmm. So stamina is what you use to run, to dodge, to block, and to attack. It's a it's a it's a pool that regenerates like after okay. you're done attacking or whatever. Yeah. So I, if fucking D and D Beyond would work, mm-hmm. have changed this to say okay, this old ring is named for its decorative green blossom. Blah 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 blah. You can use a bonus action on your turn in combat to take the dodge or dash action. Once you use this bonus action, it cannot be used again for one minute. How does that... I don't get how that is adding to your stamina. So I really couldn't come up with a way to like simulate stamina regeneration, except that you could run more or Mm -hmm. dodge more in a short window of time. Well, I feel like stamina in D&D is just health. Um right. So, I what what is the resource translation of of I think I've your answer, but first I want to know, you you want them to be able to use this essentially once a fight, it sounds like? Kind of, yeah. Cuz if you said like per short rest or long rest, I would say you should give this this ring uh, gives them the uh, second wind ability of a fighter of a comparable level. Yeah, that's I didn't want to 
it, this is where you know, the, the, the video game translation thing becomes kind of mm-hmm. challenging because you don't want to take one resource, stamina, and translate it to HP, which is also a resource in that game, right? Because there's other, there's other rings that already give you regeneration for health and things like yeah. that, what second wind would be. Um, so I don't want to like, I don't want to conflate the two. So this is one that's very, very challenging. I'm not saying we have to solve it right now, um, but like, how do you, if you're doing this, if you're engaging this, which a lot of people do, how am I supposed to take video game rules for different systems and apply them to D&D? It's very hard. Once per minute, you can cast false life on yourself. Again, it's an HP thing and not yeah, like a but, but it's a temporary HP thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess temporary HP okay. could be good. Once per long rest, you can take an action surge. That could be interesting. And that's kind of where I was at. That was actually something that mm-hmm. uh, I had discussed with um, Tabin. Is like, okay, it's supposed to feel more like taking more actions. I can do more. So I settled on dodge and dash because those are very much Dark Souls things, like running and rolling. Once per long rest, you can cast haste on yourself. Haste was another one. Like, how can how could we make it haste? Or is there like a spell like haste? Or like a limited haste, like it only affects yes. attack rolls. Like you right, only take exactly. one. It allows you to take one extra attack for a minute, maybe once per long rest. Oh, that could be interesting. You get you gain the extra attack as it. For, yeah, uh, use this. You gain the extra attack feature for one minute. Can't use it again for X amount of time. Or I would just say you gain an extra attack because if you already have extra attack, unless you're fighting, okay. you can't yeah, get yeah. more. Okay, that could be kind of cool. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm in this process of making some magic items, but I think the main thing for me when I'm making magic items, um, is just kind of keeping them simple and keeping them silly, um, and not going too wild. Because I've learned my lesson. We've talked about this before. <laughs> I've I learned my lesson of giving an overpowered item to somebody. The bardic disintegration ray and, and regretting it, or even or even um our barbarian's axe, which wasn't the most. <laughs> It, you know, it didn't it didn't break the game, but it made him way more powerful. <laughs> um, so I learned that lesson very, very hard. Oh, and I would I'm, I'm currently uh, I'm working on uh, a uh, heirloom artifact weapon system. Uh, so essentially, like you know, a family has a weapon that's been passed down. And the more it gets used, it awakens and such, and new abilities get added as it as you level and as you use it. So I'm trying to develop some sort of system for that. And right now I'm in this weird thing where I'm like giving weapon XP, and I don't like that. I'm trying to get away from that. It should be more like, um, oh god, there's something. I feel like there's a game that has this where if you do something with the item. It activates it. Yeah. Like, see, it, I'm trying to instead of doing XP, I'm trying to develop almost like uh, a checklist. Like, do these three things. This unlocks. Right. I found this great black dagger that my grandpa once used. I don't know this, but if I stab an orphan with it, it's suddenly more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And like, right. once it becomes unattuned, it loses all of its old properties. Right. It's, exactly. It's so when your when your grandson yeah, wait, finds it, picks up, it's just a dagger. But then you start using it, and oh my god, this thing's great. Yeah, I feel like there's a um I feel like there's a game or something that uses that system of so essentially like weapon achievements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the way of putting it. Yeah, I've done something with the weapon and that gave it more power. Yeah. Um fuck, I can't remember what a I lot did. of them just do XP systems and I really don't want to do yeah, that. You know, and I really wouldn't want to do that either. You know, you want it to feel I want to feel cool. unique. Yeah, exactly. Like um, just like that the other thing is if it's like a you know, holy cleric's mace. I don't want you to get experience for killing good people. Like that Correct. should hurt you. Correct. Um, they, the achievement should be specific. If you have yeah. the holy hand grenade, it levels up by you 
you counting know, to four. You, you've healed. You resurrected. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> well, you know, if you resurrected somebody, that makes it more powerful. You know, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's a really cool system. I think you should explore that more. Yeah, we can talk about some of your homebrew magic items next time, I suppose, if you or whenever you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll you let have. you know. I, I I like to have at least a firm development before I talk about them openly. All right, we're gonna change uh, tracks in the second half of the show today, talking about something totally unrelated to this. Um, stick around; we'll be right back, people. And we're back, and we I want to say. At dawn, we plan. We plan. Great statement. Great episode, really. Um, it happens in several, but the very first time is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna talk a bit about planning, uh, metagaming, and I think the best way is just to give an example. So, you've got your group. You've got your you got your rogue. You got your fighter. You got your holy person, maybe cleric paladin, and you got maybe a wizard or And your job is to sneak in to a dubious citizen's mansion, not necessarily a bad person, but a dubious person in the community, and steal something from them that the underground criminal element covets and wants. Good use of dubious. Yes. So you have to make a plan. Clearly, the point of the game is to have everyone involved and to be a part of this large group that does all these fun things together. But how much is your fighter going to necessarily know about how to break in, steal something, get out? How much is your paladin or cleric going to want to be involved at all in this situation? How do you plan something that doesn't necessarily involve everyone in the group without it being a metagaming thing and everyone just giving their real world ideas about how to get in. I have a, a couple responses immediately. The first one is historically D and D groups are horrible at planning. <laughs> we, we, plans, dude. Every, I don't think, I don't think any plan in the history of D and D has gone off as intended. It's either accidentally gone way better <laughs> or of course it's failed spectacularly. Yes. Like it never just goes as you plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about, okay, maybe the the paladin doesn't know about stealing from a bank, you know what? He's got really two options. One, is he really on board at this plan, or should he be trying to derail this plan? Or two, maybe that character starts making suggestions that are stupid. Like that's his contribution to the plan of like being in character of, hey, we could try this. And everybody has to tell him, no, that's not a good idea. And here's why, right? Because mm-hmm. that would happen. That that would be your dumb barbarian saying, well, why don't we just take the guard and smash his head in? Like, okay, no, we can't can't mm-hmm. do that. We're trying to be sneaky, right? Why don't we just fly up and kill all the guards? Why don't we just fly up and kill guards? Yeah, there, there should be contributions that are poor to the plan because mm-hmm. that would be a thing that happens. People contribute shit ideas. We've all been in meetings. We've all been in meetings. There's always yeah. a person in the meeting who's an idiot. Yeah, and gives a stupid answer to a question. Yeah. Like that happens in D and D too. Planning mm-hmm. is meetings. Yeah, you know, <laughs> at dawn we're gonna have a meeting. Oh God! If somebody ever tried to schedule a dawn meeting, I'd, I'd, I'd no, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I would decline. I uh, when I was a, when I was twenty, nineteen, I worked for an inventory company. You know this, right? Like 
RGIS is a regional, like you go in and count the stuff in a store. And you had to do that before the stores opened. So you you would get to stores at like 5 a.m. or earlier. So you were having pre-dawn meetings mm-hmm. in like a Dick's Sporting Goods or something. It was this. It was honestly like the easiest job I've ever had. 10 out of 10 recommend for people who want like a meticulous, simple, literally just counting stuff job. And they also paid you like how fast you were for counting stuff. So that was good. But goddamn, waking up that fucking early to listen to people talk about their plan. I did want to die a little bit. They so, paid you for how fast you counted? So the more yes. stores you went to, the more you got paid? No, the faster you counted stuff in the store, like the faster you got done, your your actual hourly wage would go up. So like you were you were gonna be there for four hours no matter what, right? Because the whole team would take four hours. Okay. But like your you'd get raises the faster you counted stuff. Really? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I very quickly got a raise. And it, you just had a machine on your belt that you would just type in numbers. Okay, there's 20 of those. There's 15 of those. There's 10 of those. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. 10 out of 10. Anyways, oh, side, side, random, random anecdote about me, everybody. Um, but yeah, that's my main thing is there'd be dumb ideas as the plan. But I think your main concern was the metagaming part. Yes. You know, um, we're all guilty of it at some point or another. Not me. Get out of here. But, you know, you're going to make these plans and suddenly, you know, the fighter comes in and says well actually if we all disguise ourselves as this and we act as butlers and we go through this entrance and then you turn invisible pick the lock check for traps we'll all get out of there in no time and it's like how the fuck did you come up with that i watched into the spider-verse uh-huh spider-man yeah yeah that's, that's that plan that's the plan yeah, yeah. so how do oh, you avoid shit. that how do you uh deter how do you derail like what do you do to prevent situations where people aren't really playing their character and but they're trying to still be a part of the game and still plan out things with the rest of the group i don't know it's really it's really sucks as a dm to like to to call somebody out like hey your character wouldn't know that right it really feels bad man to have to do that to somebody um so I think the onus of that is mostly on the players of to not to not do that, right? So what level do you let it go then? Um what? there's How there's much? also where you might have your character might have knowledge, right? Just random mm-hmm. knowledge. So there there's a little bit of it that you can let slide in terms of let me try to think of a good example. Sticking with the bank heist thing. Um like say you're a random barbarian. Um, you're like, okay, well, we're going to, and you just say out of nowhere, okay, we're going to need a couple of horses to carry that much gold. That much gold weighs this much. And everybody <laughs> looks at you and goes like, why do you know that? But you might, you might come up with a fun backstory answer. Like, oh no, I know that because of this. Mm-hmm. Right. So there, there is a level that you can kind of like rationalize, but you know, what, what's the solution on how to disincentivize, de-incentivize, um, players from going out of their out of like a reasonable um a reasonable character thing mm-hmm. and what are your tools as a, as a dm you don't have a lot of tools and see and that's that's perfect that you said that because that's actually what i was gonna go with is you don't necessarily want to and i'm with you i can't think of it's d incentivize or dis d d incentive d incentivize disincentivize unincentivize i think you want to encourage 
good play, not discourage bad play. So Fantastic. I think I think that's where you things like inspiration for playing your character. Like if you don't have anything to input and you just kind of sit back and let everyone else make the plan, maybe that's right. Maybe that is your character and you, I'll give you inspiration or uh, I'll give you advantage on uh, the check that you have to make for your part of the plan because you sat there and just listened and took it all in. Brilliant. I think you nailed it. Positive um, reinforcement right mm-hmm. is is giving rewarding the good behavior which honestly it's only occurring to me now after years of doing this fifth edition that's what fifth edition is yeah it's, it's your only tool for dming you have positive reinforcement you don't have um punishment tools mm-hmm. i can't it doesn't tell me i can take inspiration away from you it doesn't tell me i can give you um what's the opposite of inspiration on we <laughs> i can't give you like i can't give you on we i can't give you negative inspiration I I can't like arbitrarily penalize you. They took away negative levels and experience loss. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot I can do to quote unquote punish somebody for playing badly. So you're right. The only thing I can do is reward good behavior. Mm-hmm. And hopefully people take that to heart. So if I'm Joe Schmo metagamer and I see everybody around me getting metagame or getting inspiration and like rewards and I haven't, maybe I, I learn a thing or I get grumpy because I'm an asshole. <laughs> which is a possibility Definitely possibility distinct possibility right exactly so i think that's the answer to your question is is positive reinforcement you you already had the answer all the answer was inside you all along till so it's just it's something that i know that i personally struggle with as a pc and as a dm is how to because like you as a person may have the perfect solution but and you want to give it and you want to help the group at the same time I think that you have to respect the game and the process that your character is going through. And respect is a big part of it. Um, if you're, I think the best example I can come up with off the top of my head was actually during our current campaign where I very quickly figured out what we needed to do with those dwarven uh, puzzles. And I'm like, I, my character has an aid intelligence. They don't yep. get this. Yep. So what you did was shame people for being stupid in real life. That's what you after did as a player. After they got it. <laughs> yeah. Took you long enough. Like you you were you were you were kind of a dick, but I didn't I felt fine with it because I wasn't the DM. I wasn't I was DMing, <laughs> I didn't have to be a dick. Um but your to your in the last couple minutes here, I want to address your kind of final point and keeping everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in uh especially in a complicated scenario. So we have a number of players who are most comfortable in the um, smash and grab type playing. And it's very easy for them to fall silent in the planning stages. Mm-hmm. So I've already mentioned here, like it's I, you, you want them to, you want them to speak up in fun ways that maybe don't help, but they're contributing to the conversation and the general atmosphere and the relationship. Um, but that burden extends to the other players as well to invite participation I like from that. their fellow players. I like that. You know, how can I maybe not even explicitly say, Hey, uh, Becky, cause we talked about Becky. Hey, Becky, what's your, do you have any thoughts about this plan? How can you in a different way, invite participation? You could easily say, uh, Oh, Hey Becky, have you ever, have you ever stabbed a man in the eyeball before? Was this going to work? And Becky might say, you know what? One time at band camp, this this happened i stabbed a guy in the eye um hey i didn't even mean to say that 
I forgot about that. <laughs> that was just oh wow, that was like subconscious. No, sorry, if you haven't seen the movie, it won't make sense. Um, <laughs> so I think there's I think there's a a player burden, almost explicitly a player burden for planning. Because if you're the DM, you should not be involved in planning. You should like lean your chair back and shut the fuck up. Because if they come up with a great plan, you shouldn't punish them for their great plan. If they come up with a shit ass plan, you should just let it unfold. Or, and this is the this is the one that I've seen a lot, and I see you're wanting to respond to me. Go on. Um, for puzzles and things like that that require like a lot of conversation, not a, not a plan necessarily. Oftentimes, the best thing to do is let your players go through a lot of effort and a lot of critical thinking, and they come up with a solution, and just that happens to be the solution to the puzzle. <laughs> like, because if you are waiting for something very very specific, and they just spinning their wheels and never gonna come up with it that feels bad man so like if they come up with a really cool solution let that be the solution to the puzzle they feel good they get past it everybody wins mm -hmm. all right you were saying i actually hate it when you lean back in your chair because <laughs> i just know that that means that we are whatever we're doing we're going to be doing it for a while <laughs> So, I just want to be away from my mic. Yes, I understand what you're doing because you're going to laugh and giggle and shit. Yeah, I'm sitting and, over here with my I, hand I, in front of my face. Yeah, no, I understand the situation. Um, and I'm always there, like, ah, fucking a, this is going to take a while. Almost every time I do it is like, yeah, it's like that, or I'm stopping myself because you are you are coming up with a plan that's so counter to anything I'd possibly <laughs> imagined in my entire life, and I'm sitting over here thinking very hard. Okay, what do I need to fucking do right now? to make this work <laughs> i can't tell you when when i've dm'd i can't tell you how many uh like npcs and like characters i have made as people were planning because i knew they were about to fight these guys that i did not have planned to fight yes i gotta tell you um and this is a revelation for everybody in our D&D &D beyond for that it makes it so much easier than it thank used to you D&D &D beyond um you know how you guys had like your 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 visions around the yeah. fire yeah. i made all those up on the spot i believe like, it I had no plan for that at all, but I needed to get everybody on track. Um, and that was super fun for everybody. Involved. Everybody had a great time. Like, Oh wow, this is crazy. Um, and it worked out really, really well. So I'm, so I'm constantly over here. Out. Like it, it, honestly, every time you see me lean back, you might as well see me doing this. Like, <laughs> just putting my hands over my face going, Oh fuck shit balls. Like, fuck this. All right. Um, quickly, Tyler, quickly plan, 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 plan. I <laughs> don't, we plan. No, right now shit, we plan. Shit, shit, shit. Um, okay. People. That was a much more lighthearted episode. Yes. 2020 can eat it. We're going to come out of 2020 as champions, everybody. You know, the end of Mad Max Fury Road and everybody has water and we're all winners. That's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but then you're still stuck in the fucking desert. It's, okay, it's a desert, yes, but we have water. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. I'd rather oh, be in Valhalla. Just follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. Feel free to send topics you want to hear. Oh, wait. Feel free to send us topics or your DD rants at rdbdpodcast at gmail.com. Ja. Um, final thoughts. I live, I die, I live again. As always, we will see you next time. Till then. Bye bye.